Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast. We are back at you again for another episode, another 1993 movie. This time around, it is Loaded Weapon 1. So I'm sure the quotes and jokes will be flying fast and furious here. Um, As I have with me this evening, uh, I was going to ask you guys to give me a name, but I feel like my parents should have done that. So uh, I I think I've got with me Bo Warmbold. Bo, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. How are you? I'm 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 good. I'm just I'm I'm fine. I'm just taking one of those unmotivated button the moonbeam walks. Outstanding. That's, that's what I'm doing. Patrick, you look pained. Was it that visual or are you doing okay? No, the visual is good. Okay. If you remember from last week's episode, I did not have a voice. Now that my is voice true. is sort of coming my voice is sort of coming back, but yeah, shields are at uh, comes, shields sound like they're at like 72%. Yeah, they're they're like at 72%. Yeah. You know, there's a power drain. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's good to uh good to see you guys and we're going to talk about some fun movies. Yeah. Your your voice is like the shields in uh, Star Trek 2. They they go up and down counterclockwise. So you got to wait yes. for it to like boop, 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 do that whole thing. Yes. Raise them uh, then. <laughs> I can't. Ah. <laughs> uh, the fun thing, and I will talk about this a little bit later, um, the fun thing about this movie is this movie is part of the uh, Star Trek cinematic universe. It, it would be. Because it is. We, we have it Scotty. It certainly is. We have Scotty. I mean, it's a, it's a, clearly it's a time travel movie. He's gone back in time. He's working with machines and with the computer, so I'm sure he's sitting there in his police uniform just, you know, picking up the mouse. Hello, computer. Hello, computer. I've given it all she's got. <laughs> Oh, coffee, Mister Coffee! How quaint! How quaint! <laughs> you just go to the replicator for that kind of stuff. Coffee black, make it yourself. Um, so we've got Loaded Weapon One is our movie this time around. Uh, we spoil freely, so this is really your only spoiler alert. Make sure you visit our website, 30podcast.com. There's all kinds of good stuff over there. You can see all of our other episodes up to this point. We have, prior to this episode, there are about 469 other episodes for you to enjoy. So if there is a movie that came out that you enjoyed between 1984 and 1993, we've probably covered it at this point. And if we haven't, just like give us a hot minute and we'll get there. That's right. I, so, I, I think it's safe to say... We have covered that movie. Probably. If we haven't covered it, if we haven't covered it, then we've covered another one in its place. I think that's Correct. a safe, you know what I'm saying? Correct. 
So basically, if you're going on a long road trip for, gosh, I don't know, half a year, then we probably have enough episodes for you that you can, uh, you can, t- you can take oh, us yeah. along on that long road trip with you. Oh yes. But go- head on over to 30 podcast.com. You can leave us a rating over there. If you're enjoying the show, you can leave us a voicemail. You could become a co-executive producer and join us over on Patreon where any level of support over there gets you access to bonus episodes. And we got all kinds of good stuff over there. Um, especially, I think you'd really enjoy the one for this month. The, full episode over there on the Patreon feed is on American graffiti. So that was a fun one to talk about. And, um, I think I'm I'm not sure Pat has finished talking about it. Yeah. There's, there's much to unpack with that movie. Every time you watch you and I were talking the other day and you were like, I, I I don't know. Like we might've recorded for an hour and a half. I'm not sure we even scratched the surface on that movie. And I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I, I know we didn't scratch the surface. Yeah. There was that article that we found talking about how the author of this article thought that it was um, George Lucas's greatest work. Yeah, and it was uh, he had some pretty thought provoking uh, ideas on it, and it suddenly got me thinking, like, oh man, I think we still need to talk about this movie. Yeah, and you said, uh, did you say Dennis and his son had watched it and then went and watched more American Graffiti? Yeah, Dennis yeah. and his son watched it, and then he we were talking all about it, hitting on a lot of those points, like Dennis's. And we were both saying like, man, I didn't know this. And then what guy do you like? And what do you think this is really about? And the themes in this movie, you know, we were talking all about that. And he said they got done and they were both like, I wish there was more. And I said, well, I think there's another, well, I said, I know there's another American graffiti. There's a, a second one. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, I think it's called more American graffiti. Yeah. He goes, wow, we'll have to find it. And so he found that. And uh, the next, next day he came back and he's just like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I mean, it was, uh, it was it was really fun following those characters and discussing the themes presented therein, and it was pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get more bonus content like that, fun stuff like those extra episodes, and we've got a couple little Patreon shorts, little 15-minute or so episodes that we do a couple times a month over there as well, that is all for our Patreon co-executive producers, so head on over there. Um, you can even... Join us there at a level so that you get to come on the show with us or you get to tell us what to watch or all kinds of other stuff. So head on over there and you can join us over there. Um, Yeah, definitely do that because uh, we, for this month and and the last couple of months, uh, uh, we have been told we are not making our quota. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I feel like this is going to be one of those quotathons that we're just going to, there's so many quotable lines from this movie that, well, that's kind of what—that's kind of what it is. Oh, it is, and this movie parodies so many movies. Yes, so many. Even the little teeny tiniest scenes in this. Are well, and the cameos movies. just keep coming. I mean, oh, yeah. the the chips drop in. It's just so funny. I don't know. We just got here and started firing. I don't know. And you know, the, the, you know the shtick behind that right? in the hallway. The shtick behind that is, didn't they? They never fired a shot in the TV show. Never drew yeah. their weapons yeah, yeah, in the yeah. show. Chips. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the, I, I'll i never understand Hollywood. And this is one of those movies that you look at and you just don't, I don't understand it. Like F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> yeah. What's he doing here? I don't know. Does somebody call him up and say, hey, I need you for a day. Maybe. I need you to run seven lines with Samuel L. Jackson. Here's the setup. Here's the scene. Will you come do this? 
Like, how does that happen? Because it happens all the time. Like, you see Ben Kingsley in weird movies like this. You're like, what transpires to get an F. Murray Abraham out of his door and to the studio for that shot? I feel like something must have happened where in 1992, 93, F. Murray Abraham owed somebody some money. Because between this. Something. He needed a new house or who knows. Between this and John Practice in Last Action Hero. Maybe that was it. Maybe he Mm. wanted to like redo his bathroom, and he's like, "Well, what is this going to be like? An hour on set? Sure, let's do it. All I got to do is make fun of Anthony Hopkins. Let me let me get right to. Oh yeah, let me let me spin that up for you. Yeah, (laughs) with some fava beans and a nice fresca. (laughs) Yeah. All I wanted was a fresca after that. That's it. I was like, God, I love fresca. (laughs) Yeah. So. I still don't know what a fava bean is, but I do like some fresco. I don't I have a, I'm trying to remember if I've ever had a fava bean. Patrick, have you had a fava bean? I don't know what to be honest with you. I, I don't know what the fava beans are. Okay. See, this I, is what I'm saying. Now I they, have to look they, up a fava bean. They pair well with Chianti and a census man's liver. Apparently. Are yeah. they are fava I mean, are they like other beans? Yeah, it's or a it broad almost- bean. It is a springtime crock. Crock, crop. It's around the world. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Honestly, it kind of looks like a. It almost looks like edamame, like visually. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it really does. Like. Man, look at them beans. Yeah. Okay. That's so weird. They totally just look like. Edamame they, beans. They That's do interesting. Kind of hit, pretty much, yeah. 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 And there's a bunch of different ways to cook them, apparently. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, so we've got, like I said, we've got loaded weapons. So let's go ahead and jump on into our trivia pursuits section of this. If you haven't joined us on the show before, we run through the trivia pursuits section. We give you a little bit of trivia on the movie, some of the background, some of the um, actors and cast and crew that worked on it. We, we give you a quick little synopsis. We jump through the major moments, kind of break down the plot into 10-ish moments that summarize the movie in case you haven't watched it or haven't watched it lately. Then we get on into our deeper thoughts. Then we've got three questions that are quasi-related to the movie sometimes, and usually one has something to do with food. Uh, and that is pretty much the the layout of our episodes. So we'll go ahead and jump on into the trivia part of it. This one came out on February 5th, 1993, rated PG-13 with a runtime of 1 hour 24 minutes. Directed by Gene Quintano, who did uh, Police Academy 3 back in training and Police Academy 4 Citizens on Patrol. Uh, one related to, I'm glad that he made it out to uh, become a movie director because it was his cousin or his brother uh, just ended up in prison and bowling leagues, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So That creep can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. Yeah. Uh, writers for this one were Don Holly and Gene Quintano. Don Holly did The Butcher's Wife in 91 and Gross Anatomy, TV series in 89. Uh, writer, let's see, Gene Quintana also did Honeymoon Academy and Police Academy 3 back in training. Producers were Suzanne Todd, who did Alice in Wonderland, the 2010 version, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Producer for this one was also David Willis. He did Die Hard with a Vengeance and Look Who's Talking. Composer was Robert Folk, who did Police Academy and Tremors. Cinematographer was Peter Deming, who did Mulholland Drive and Evil Dead 2. 
Editor was Christopher Greenbury, who did American Beauty and Me, Myself, and Irene. The production company was New Line Cinema. Budget was $13 million. Box office was $28 million. No cinema score. Flick Metrics gives it a 47%. Emilio Estevez plays Jack Colt. He was in The Breakfast Club and Young Guns. Samuel Jackson plays Wes Luger. He was in Pulp Fiction and Jurassic Park. John Lovitz played Tim Becker. He was in Rat Race and A League of Their Own. Tim Curry played Mr. Jigsaw. He was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Clue. Kathy Ireland played Destiny Demeanor. She was in Alien from L.A. and Necessary Roughness. William Shatner played General Mortars. He was in Star Trek and Star Trek II and pretty much Star Trek everything else. F. Murray <laughs> Abraham. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, pretty he much, was in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, F. Murray Abraham was in Amadeus, Finding Forrester, and as we said, needed a remodeled bathroom for this one. He played Harold Leecher. Whoopi Goldberg was Billy York. She was in Sister Act and Ghost. Charlie Sheen was Valet. He was in Wall Street and Hot Shots. Dennis Leary was Mike McCracken. He was in The Sandlot and A Bug's Life. Corey Feldman was a young cop. He was in The Goonies and Stand By Me. Paul Gleason, who died in 2006, was an FBI agent. He was in The Breakfast Club and Die Hard. Frank McRae was Captain Doyle. He was in Last Action Hero in 48 Hours. Vito Scotti, who died in 1996, played a tailor. He was in The Godfather and The Aristocats. And James Doohan, who died in 2005, played Scotty. He was in, let's just say, everything Star Trek. All right. Uh, some quick trivia for this one. Emilio Estevez, who played Jack Colt, and Charlie Sheen are brothers. If you did not know that, they have both parodied cop movies. Emilio in Loaded Weapon 1 and Charlie in Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. Uh, clearly, this film is a parody of the Lethal Weapon series. Loaded Weapon 1 constantly refers to scenes in the Lethal Weapon franchise, like the scene, um, like different scenes where Riggs is considering suicide or the scene where Murtaugh is on the toilet and there's a bomb and, um, you know, all those different parts. So there's a ton of Lethal Weapon stuff in here. And the one that I found myself most interested in is that this movie links several franchises together in what I'm going to, I've just decided this is just a, a vast multiverse of everything. So I'm going to call it the Everything Everywhere All at Once Cinematic Universe. <laughs> because they talk about, uh, was it uh, Leecher, the serial killer, the F. Murray Abraham, uh, as he's doing his sniffing, he's, he's like, oh, you, uh, your cologne is high karate. Well, in The Incredibles in 2004, Frozone, who is played by Samuel Jackson, is seen using that brand of cologne, high karate. So, therefore, what I'm saying is, is that because Frozone and Wes Luger used the same kind of cologne, that we can mix together this universe with the Pixar universe, and because Scotty's in this movie, we can say that Star Trek and Pixar and Loaded Weapon are all in the same universe, and John McClane is in this movie. So canonically, John McClane could end up in a Star Trek movie. And yes. canonically, Star Trek is real because Dr. Harold Leacher says quid pro quo. Yes. Which means <laughs> he is real because Donald Trump is real. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's all real. Therefore, ergo... It means I'm pretentious. And we apparently stepped into the Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> Cogito ergo sum e pluribus unum. Yeah. Um, 
I what I look forward to oh, is I look only forward in to, the original Klingon. Of course. Well, you haven't heard it until it's in the original Klingon. Mm-hmm. Um, what I look forward to is the movie where John McClane is crawling about around a bunch of Jeffrey's tubes. How can the same stuff happen to the same guy three times? That's right. Die hard with a Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it happen. You could have John McClane crawling around a uh, Borg cube. Mm, Die hard Titan. Yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. Where's the fan film on that? Yeah. Perhaps it is a good day to die hard. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's make it happen. I'm all for this. It's a buddy cop movie with John McClane and Worf. Yep. Yeah. Let's make it. Let's make it so. I, um, I like it. John, jumping back to one of your trivia things. Did you say uh, Charlie Sheen had also been in a cop parody movie or just a parody well, movie when he did Hot Shots? Kind of a, a parody of a quasi cop movie. Okay. Hot shot, Yeah. Hot Shots and Hot Shots part two. It was it. not really necessarily a cop movie. Right, but the but you were saying that they were both in parody movies. Correct. Got it. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Um I was just thinking of something. You know uh you know what Worf's least favorite movie would be? Anything with doors. The doors. Yeah. Yeah. Hates Jim Morrison. Or maybe The Room. Ah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think Worf would hate because he couldn't get in or out. Nah, exactly, they're tearing me apart, um. Worf. <laughs> See, there's all the connections. All we the connections. have definitely traveled down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, oh, hey, Worf. You wascoey, <laughs> rapid Worf. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> don't forget the microfilm. Uh, the microfilm. Yeah. So we have to get to the microfilm. The, the what? I don't know anything about no microfilm. All right. Um, so, yes, this one's connected to everything, basically. All right. A quick synopsis. In a world where crime knows no bounds, two mismatched cops are set to redefine chaos. Jack Colt is a loose cannon living on the edge, haunted by his past. Wes Luger is a seasoned sergeant who's seen it all. When the mysterious death of a colleague sends them spiraling into a twisted underworld, they'll need more than their, just their badges and some loaded weapons to survive. I see what he did there. Ah, did you see it? You hear it? I, yeah. see it. I see it. I see it. I heard it. I heard it. Did you hear it? Uh, facing off against the ge- sinister General Mortars. Sure, I'd drive a Buick. And a plethora of <laughs> lunatics, they'll dodge. Would you bullets. say a plethora? <laughs> Would you say a plethora? They'll dodge bullets, knives, and the occasional pastry in a race against time. What's wrong? Nothing. National Lampoons, Loaded Weapon One. From out of the night comes two men with enough courage, enough brains. What you got, Irv? Dandruff, seborrhea, maybe just dry, itchy scale. Have you tried this? I use it. Head and shoulders? 
enough bullets. I know what you're thinking, punk. Did he fire 173 times or 174? To get the job done. Hey, Scotty! Can you get this machine to work? I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. If I push it any harder, the whole thing will blow. New Line Cinema presents... The Cop Movie to End All Cop Movies. Give me a name. What are your parents supposed to do that? Hey, hey, Sarge. It's tingling. That means it's working. Do you sleep in the nude? Only when I'm naked. They now never to screw with me. Wilderness girls. Just a big checkout. Come on, level with me. It's not bad. You'll be fine. You'll be back on your feet in no time. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. So, this is Mr. Screw with your brain, eat your spleen, wear your flesh as a hairnet leecher, huh? <laughs> Look who's Mr. Scaredy Pants now. <laughs> I just gotta ask, what does human flesh taste like? Chicken. See it before they make the sequel. Which they never made. Because it didn't do well in the theater. Because it flopped. All right, so major moments for this one. I've broken up the plot into uh, about a dozen or so um, major moments for this one. So we will fly through these just to kind of give you a recap of what the movie is about. So first one, in Los Angeles, Billy York. Well, we open up with a scene where uh, we have uh, Colt is in a convenience store and they tear the place up. Uh, trying to stop these guys who have come in to rob the place. Um, that's the first scene. Kind of gives us an idea of what the rest of the movie is going to be about. But I think with National Lampoon in front of the title, we know what the movie is going to be about. And if you didn't know now that you know. it was going to be Martin Riggs mm-hmm. and uh, Roger Murtaugh, you do now. You do now. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in Los Angeles, Billy York, uh, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg, is killed by Mr. Jigsaw, played by Tim Curry, over a microfilm uh, that... And a quota. And a quota. They're not making it. Wilderness Girls. <laughs> I can't I can't even do the, the accent no, right. No, like, Tim Curry can do things with mm-hmm. his voice that are inhuman. Mm-hmm. Really? Sometimes I wonder if they, like, dub it, but then you look at it. No, he is really making that sound. Yeah. That's why I wanted, I think we mentioned this before we started recording. I would love, like Tim Curry back in the day when he would have made this, I would have loved for him to have been on uh, Saturday Night Live when they would do the Californians sketch. Yes. What are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah, that's something else, man. Well, no, I wouldn't take that. I would take the number one on North to the... Uh, so we've got, yes, then we have uh, Billy York is killed um, several times by Mr. Jigsaw. 
And then her old partner, Wes Luger, is given her case by his skeptical captain, and he's teamed up with Jack Colt. Shouty um, McShouter captain. Shouty McShouter, uh, <laughs> as he is in every movie where he plays the police captain. This one, and if you want to hearken yourself on back to Last Action Hero, when we talked about that one. So. I'm the captain. I do the screaming here. <laughs> <laughs> always, always the shouty captain. Uh, let's see. Colt and Luger visit Harold Leecher the um, Hannibal Lecter knockoff for this movie, uh, who reveals that Colt's old Vietnam War General General Mortars is leading the operation. Uh, asks, asks Colt, look into yourself for the answer about your cookie problem. It's a man with whom you had, uh, what does he say? A man with whom you were involved. In a, whom you were like, involved. A series of him like skipping down the beach with different men. No, not that man. It was in not Vietnam. Him. <laughs> No, 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 not that kind of involvement. It was General Mortars. Hey, we never, no, 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 not not that kind. <laughs> he was my CO in Nam. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jigsaw and him Mortars. MIA, but the VA ID'd his MO and we put on an APP. Uh, then we'll all be on KP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jigsaw and Mortars murder Mike McCracken. Uh, knowing how much, how happy you were to see Dennis Leary in uh, last week's show, movie, Demolition Man, uh, he didn't last too long in this movie. He did not, but man, did he have some fun moments. He had a fun musical number. Yeah, he did. Yes. Little yeah, Beatles I action. Feel like, I feel like, I don't know what his first movie was, but I feel like it was like they just are hiring him to be in the movie and just be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like we need 45 seconds of material from one of your routines. Mm-hmm. Bam, done. We're putting you in. And it's... It's just very fun to see. Never did your book by its cover. That's true. Uh, and this is actually, if you, you blink and you'll miss it, but one of his uh, ladies in red that are singing along with him is Denise Richards, and this is her first movie that she was ever in. Okay. Would later marry Mr. Charlie Sheen? Would, yes. Yes, later marry and, would and later then divorce, divorce. <laughs> Mr. Charlie <laughs> yep. Sheen. So basically batting the cycle there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also the first scene in which, um, first movie she was ever in first scene in which Captain Kirk bites a piranha. You know, you never get to see that in another movie. No, it's true. Yeah. He's still just, he's upset about the whales. You know what? He's upset because, uh, the, the doctor from Star Trek four left him at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. So he just hates all marine life. I think is what it is. He's like, he expected to get back to the future and be like, Hey, now we can uh, we can hang out with each other. No, actually, I'm shipping off on this other ship. So uh, see you later. I've got a hundred years of catch up learning to do. Yeah, yeah. What do they say in your time? I don't even have your telephone number. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, about that. See ya. I got. I just got to go to the, this thing over there, and then and then what the? Don't call uh, me. I'll call you. I'll, I'll hail you. All right. Uh, then after investigating Rick Becker's claims, uh, played by John Lovitz, about money laundering, literal money laundering, uh, with York, uh, Rick is shot by unknown attackers leading Colton Luger to the Wilderness, Girl, Wilderness Girls factory. Uh, Destiny Demeanor, who works there, is the head of the factory, and she denies any knowledge of the operation, but is later revealed to be in league with mortars. A helicopter shows up, sent by mortars to destroy Colt's house, uh, and mistakenly destroys John McClane's house instead, which is a fun little that scene. Was 
That was really funny. They blow up the uh, the RV on the beach. They blow, blow up the trailer on the beach, and he comes out with a little white flag. He's like, what are you doing? Uh, isn't this, uh, I don't remember what number it was. It was like, isn't this a 420? No, this is 418. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. Great. <laughs> that was a funny scene. Uh, despite the case being dismissed by Captain Doyle for lack of evidence, Colt decides to continue the investigation. Destiny, who is now in love with Colt, uh, and next time hopes that they do something other than just smoke cigarettes in bed, tries to stop Mortars, but is shot by him. Mortars also reveals that he was the one who kidnapped Colt's dog, Claire, who shows up a little bit later as his prisoner. Uh, Luger, having had the same kind of flashbacks to times where he just, if he would have just followed the book, the old lady and her walker wouldn't have been run over by a car. Or if he'd just, you know, shot the clown, then everything would be okay. Or, you know, these old flashbacks of that, that harken back to the uh, Lethal Weapon movies. But Luger, having reconsidered Colt's words, arrives just in time to shoot and kill mortars, and Colt kills Jigsaw, but they start a fire that ultimately engulfs the entire factory and it all goes up in flames. By the way, with all the references to Lethal Weapon, nothing about the toilet. Well, he's sitting there on the toilet when he when he walks in that one time, and he's he's sitting there. He's like, "What are you? Are you okay?" Yeah, I'm just taking a dump. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I felt I wanted more. You you wanted like, you you wanted an explosive in the bathtub, or it didn't. I, or so, I don't know. I wanted yeah. more from it. Like okay. I felt they gave, and maybe it's because that scene in Lethal Weapon is already comedy. Yeah, but. I wanted more. I That's like, all. I feel like Luger needed a boat. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Or a house under construction or something, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Somebody needed something like that. Did, uh, did Colt jump off of any buildings in this one? I don't think mm, so. Not that I recall. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they didn't already have a bunch of scenes where they called back to those movies but yeah there, there's a right few there's just some things you're like come on now yeah <laughs> yeah uh so let's see uh doyle arrives at the scene and offers luger a chance to remain in the force um, and not retire which he accepts but only on the condition that colt remains as his partner in a twist destiny who we thought was dead but she's not dead yet she's actually feeling a lot better maybe if she just goes for a walk um she has survived and returns with Rick Becker and Claire the dog. And the film ends on a little bit of a lighter note with the team dancing to Bohemian Rhapsody in the car, as as you do when you have a crowd of people in the car. You headbang to Bohemian Rhapsody. And that's the movie. Uh, did we? I'm sure more stuff will come out, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk quotes and other stuff as we're going along, but uh, do you feel like there's anything anything I missed in the broad overview of things? No, okay. no, I think that was how it sums it up. All right. All right. Let's have some deep thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's, it's very deep. Thank you. Is this the Billy York informant shootout? No, that's on the third floor third floor all right so uh i'm gonna start with a different first question this time i will get to the question of did you like this movie and when was the first time you saw it uh but i think a more important question and i'm a little 
a little sad that Dennis is not here for this one, but I think the most important question I could ask is, how do you feel about the designated hitter rule? <laughs> I feel it was an inevitable end to a long-fought battle. Mm-hmm. Our long national nightmare has just begun. <laughs> oh, it's over. No, that we've... We will have the nightmare forever. The designated hitter's not going anywhere. Well, yeah. Yeah. Designated hitter is when, like, the pitcher can have someone hit for him, right? Uh, It's when the pitcher has had too much to drink and they need someone to drive for them. That's what it is. So clearly, and I don't know whether it's the American League or the National or whatever the heck it is, but clearly... The White Sox have a designated hitter, and the Cubs don't. Based on your answer, do I? Do well, I, do actually, I now everybody question? has the designated now hitter as does, of yeah. three okay. years ago. I, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well. Okay. Well, moving on. Moving on to happier topics. Um, All, right. All right. Did you like this movie? And when was the first time you saw it? Yes, and the second it showed up. At Blockbuster. Okay. Or HBO or whatever it was. Like, I don't even know how I knew about it, but I had to see this movie. Mm -hmm. I remember the the trailer for this movie. Like, I remember seeing it on TV. And I don't think we would have seen this one in the theater, but I pretty much probably, I can echo the same story. I bet as soon as it came to Blockbuster, I was like, I'm renting this one. Yeah, I mean, this is just... Too many cameos, too much goofy. Like, you just have to see the crazy. Right. Yeah. No, this is this is a fun one. It is it is so so very stupid, um, but it's one of those so very stupid movies that are so very funny. And and you know, I, I don't know what else I can say. I just I feel like I remember the per, like things that stick out from this movie that you remember years later. The piranha. Yeah. Like the whole shtick with the piranha was just hysterical. Yeah, the stuff I remember uh the stuff I remember not understanding the joke about at the time were things like the basic instinct uh skit. Right. Um, you know, but then, you know, some of the other ones and even like a lot of the lethal weapon stuff. But as a kid, I think when you're watching this, it's just the goofiness of all of the stuff that's going on. Um you know, and as a kid, I would have gotten the Star Trek references with Scotty mm-hmm. and that other stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think of this one, you just you know, you recognize you recognize the actors and the characters from other stuff, and you recognize like the weird, goofy stuff people are doing. That is, that is the question, you know, that I had was, well, okay, who are they marketing this for? And it was funny because I'm like, you know, like if you haven't seen all these movies. I mean, which obviously there's kids out there that have seen all these movies and so forth. But but then that's when I pulled back and I'm like, okay, well, even if you hadn't seen all these movies, you know, I'd seen enough of the movies to get you by. And you're right. There was the goofy. There was all the situational humor. There was all the cameos, um, the the dialogue, which seems to be a hallmark of the way things were written back then mm-hmm. um, with the whole, you know, um, give me a name and well, yeah, that's your, you know, your parents did that and like all that kind of stuff, you know, would have been uh, still that, that would have been humorous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that would have been humorous. Let me analyze that. 
Um, I meant to say, you know, that is funny, but that would have been humorous to a kid that maybe didn't quite get all the different references in there. Um, and I gotta be honest though, like even the stuff with basic instinct. Wow. What's that? It's a beaver. Really? Yeah, I, I, I've seen these on, on PBS. Even though there was no chance in, like, anything that I was going to get to see Basic Instinct as a kid, um, everybody knew about it. Because yes. the kids that did get to see it told you all about it. Right. Right? So even, like, the references in there from movies that you haven't seen, or I, and I'm speaking as myself, like, even those movies that I had not seen yet, I already knew all about them or you know, the important scenes like basic instinct basically comes down to one scene, right. that one. So like, I got the beaver shot. And, yeah, exactly. Like I laughed myself silly at that when I first saw it. Um, because like someone had explained to me the scene and you know, like that whole thing. So it was, it was like that uh, 360 degree camera angle in the matrix, right? It was like that one shot, like everybody knew about it. Everybody, it just became part of the, part of the culture yeah yeah this is one of those movies that just as a kid i think and and that's why it appealed to me it's just it's so goofy and stupid and you know it's 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 like a lot of other movies like this i didn't understand all the jokes when i saw naked gun as a kid way too sure uh, way too early like much earlier than i should have seen it i didn't get all the Mm -hmm. jokes in that but i knew some of the stuff was funny because it was stupid it was ridiculous like the the whole just you know Throwing situations on their head uh, and just things that are so opposite of each other and you've got the, these contrasting things going on in a way that makes it funny. I think anybody, regardless of whether you've seen the movies that they're parodying or not, that's when you can look at that and be like, okay, that's, I don't get it, but that's funny. Yes. You know, yes, I don't, yes, I don't yes. need to have seen the Lethal Weapon movies to get to the scene where they're like, okay, well, we, let's, let's get in the car and get going and it explodes. All right, let's take a taxi. And then it explodes. And it's like, well, it's and gonna, then it's going to take a, it's going to take it a, when the bikes explode, right? Like it's going <laughs> to take bikes, a lot more exploding cars to get us off this case. Well, not a lot more, <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> that was outstanding. And then when the bikes, the bikes go, that was pretty funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially as a kid, because as a kid, I, I loved the Star Trek movies. Like, this would have been prime time for me to be a Star Trek fan because I think, you know, at this point, at this point, for all we knew, Star Wars was over. Like, you weren't going to get more Star Wars movies. It had been over for a decade at this point. So, as a kid, I had started to kind of latch onto the Star Trek movies, and there were new Star Trek movies coming out. So, I knew Scotty. I knew Captain Kirk. I had gone back and started watching the original series whenever I could find it on reruns or late at night on Nick at night or wherever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting to see Captain Kirk in this and be like, this is Captain Captain Kirk's got a mustache and he's a bad guy. This is kind of (laughs) cool. So yeah, I think just as a kid or as a, when you ask like, who's the audience for this 13 year old boys. Yeah. Or or those with the mentality of a 13 year old boy. (laughs) I was going to say, and college students with, Cases of beer and other chemical alterations. Yes. Yes. So 13 to 25-year-old boys. There you go. I mean, really. That, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, do you have, I'm going to ask the, the really dumb question here, do you have a favorite scene or a favorite line in this movie? <laughs> I mean, there's there are a lot. There's a whole lot. I'm your worst nightmare. Man. Okay, so I'm not your worst nightmare, but I'm right up there. <laughs> I do like that because I do love F. Murray Abraham because Amadeus is I, one of my favorite movies. Like that whole scene, and especially the part, and, and I didn't get this as a kid, but as an adult, when he does the whole quid pro quo, Mr. Colt, what does that mean? It means I'm pretentious. pretentious. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Anything with, um, I can't do the French accent as good as it. What was that guy's name? He was in Clue. He was in Mr. Jake uh, Curry. Tim Curry. Thank Tim you. Curry, yeah. Anything with him, he just yeah. stole the scene. The General Mortars, Mike McCracken stuff is good. Yeah. But he who hesitates is lost. Never judge a book by its cover. What you you see see is what you get. get. Life is very short, and there's no time for fussing or fighting, my friend. Nope, it's not in the book. Not in the book. Sorry, Mike, no good. Um. Yeah, it's it's one of those where there's just so many little cute turns of phrase and lines and all that kind of stuff. Like I'd have to go back and like, like write down, oh this one, oh this one, and then, you know to to remember them all just because they come at you so fast and furious. Um, but yeah, I I just have to say any of the Tim Curry stuff really, yeah, he just he was great. I do like there's so much in here that is so similar to, you know, the way the way the writing is done in Airplane and Naked Gun and and all those different movies. So it's all the little, you know, one liners like, you know, got to get into a hospital. What's that? Well, it's a building with patients in it, but that's not important right now. You know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's like, well, what brought you here? What brought you here? A taxi. Well, why? Well, because my car is in the shop. No. Why did you come here? It's little things like that, just the quick little like as they're and then uh, the wiki repartee. And then when it's with the follow, aren't you going to ask me what what brought me to your doorstep? And he's like, okay, what brought you? Like that was that was awesome because they carried that they carried that gag all the way, Mm -hmm. and that was uh, that one was really good. Yeah. Even Charlie Sheen's cameo is good. Just the way he can. The looks on his face, you know, when stuff was coming up, that was, you know, he just still looks and, and that was outstanding. The one turn to camera. What was the scene where Emilio Estevez turned to camera? You remember that? Wasn't he called him something like, didn't he say something like he quit being a hot shot? Yeah. Or something like that. And you see him just look at the, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that stuff when it's done right. I do think it's funny when they're going through and, and uh, comparing their injuries like they do in the Lethal Weapon movies. <laughs> right. Painful cuticle. Razor burn. Retaining water. <laughs> Nickel beer Plate night. Dodger head. Stadium. Plate in my head. Elective surgery. Mm-hmm. 
low budget <laughs> organ transplant. Yeah. And a lot of product placement. You've got the dandruff well, shampoo yeah. and you, yeah. You got oh, yeah, that's have right. that. Mm-hmm. Chief, Sergeant, I'm getting a burning sensation on foot. Well, yeah, no kidding. Your foot's on fire. Your foot's on fire. <laughs> I remember just laughing at yeah. that one. Yeah. And I always say, I always say, yeah, that means it's working. So Mr. C, my fingers hurt when I'm strumming on the guitar. Yeah, that means it's working. There you go. That means, and I and I wonder if I got it from this movie. I mean, oh, you I think the light, I, I just, I mean, obviously I think the line came from the commercial, right? Yeah. For the, for the dandruff shampoo. Yeah. But that being said, I think to use it in a humorous context, I think I might've gotten it from this movie. Yeah. Because I feel like I say that all the time. And there's so many scenes, like there were scenes that were in this movie that, because it had been so long since I've seen this. I mean, it's probably been easily 20 years um, since I've seen this movie. And there were scenes that I was like, that's where I got that from. There you go. <laughs> like it took there me, it go. took me a hot second to be like, I, oh man, that runs in my brain all the time. That lives rent free in my little cranium right here all the time. And I could not remember what movie it was from. It is in this movie. Now, you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything we want to talk about this one before we get into our three questions? It's a fun one. If you haven't seen it, it's it's dumb humor, just like Airplane, just like uh, Animal House, just like um, the Naked Gun movie, any of those, just like any of those. It's it's fun, dumb yeah. humor. Yeah, a lot more. It was more random and kind of, I don't want to say sketch yeah. than that, but it just, I, 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 I think like the Naked Gun and Airplane were a little bit more like complete movies yeah you know what i'm saying yeah this one just seemed to be one cameo and funny scene after another right and it worked because you just had all these i guess you could say a listers or b listers you know Mm -hmm. just people that were fun to watch on screen uh showing up in the thing Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a lot of fun and it's that it's that style humor and all that kind of thing but it you know you could almost watch this movie and sound bites. Hey, I'm just going to watch five, 10 minutes of it. You know, I mean it like it's, it's just, it's fun. Yeah. That's all. I'll stop rambling. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for three questions? I think we are. I think it's time. We are prepared. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the answer nobody could answer that question i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one. Who is your favorite parody cop character? Frank Drebin. Mm-hmm. I felt like we might have some similar answers on this one. Yeah. yeah. He's just, 
There's a lot of funny ones, but he's to say that he's the original. That's probably not true, but he's the original in my mind. Yeah. And some of the stuff he does that the, the stuff with the queen and the baseball scene Mm -hmm. and, and hanging from the, (laughs) hanging from the, 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 the statue, like there's just, it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to double up with Bo. I mean, I grew up with the naked gun. I love those movies. I love Leslie Nielsen in there. I love that he was a serious actor. Um, and then like he played all that comedy so well, largely by playing it straight. He's a, he's a talented guy. And I, I thank him for many laughs and I thank him to be able to go back. All those guys that made the movie, you know, Leslie Nielsen obviously wasn't the only guy, you know, that did all that. But I mean, just, I have to say thank you because I love the naked gun, um, the naked gun movies. And, uh, yeah, he is just great to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I have to go Frank as well. And I'm sure I, I, we might've, I mean, we could end up fighting over the fact that we all picked the same thing, but I'm sure we can handle this situation maturely, just like the responsible adults that we are. Isn't that right? Mr. Poopy pants. (laughs) <laughs> oh man and don't let me catch you guys in america <laughs> see i'm just gonna fall into starting to quote that movie I now know. i know all right well that was an easy question uh let's go to our subset podcast the 30 something food podcast and ask the question what are your favorite girl scout cookies thin mints okay. thin mints there's something about them yeah. Is it that's your answer too, Pat? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. My uh, I I was told by my family and I do agree that there are although I have a I do have a runner up that I did always enjoy. Um I was told by members of my family there are only two correct answers to this question. Mm-hmm. Um and the correct I tend answers, to agree. The correct answers are thin mints or yep. the uh I think they've been called a couple of different things. The Tagalongs, the peanut butter patties, the chocolate mm. covered. Oh, yeah, see, I might have to fight you on that one because I would have to put a Samoa in there. Oh, okay. Well, see, and that's aren't those the ones that have the caramel, coconut, and chocolate? Yeah. Up? That would yeah. be that would be my runner up. Yes. So I would Guys, agree. I'm, I'm not as much of a I'm not as much of a mint. I do like the thin mints. Um, but mint is not always my absolute favorite go-to flavor, so I would think I'd go the peanut butter, the tagalongs before that, and I might even go the the Samoas before that. I do like they a peanut them, butter. Uh, I do like a tagalong. Yeah, they call them caramel delights now too, right? Are those the same things? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think anything coconut. We are remarkably the same in our three questions answers, guys. We are. It's kind of creepy. I'm not gonna lie, because everything. Yeah, because everything you're saying, I'm I'm agreeing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if this breaks the streak. Question number three for this one: What is your favorite joke name from a parody movie? <laughs> favorite joke and, name. And you're allowed to go. Uh, you're allowed to go with Bond girls too, if you need to. Well, and see, okay, so this is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. The favorite has to be from Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of vagina. Yes. Yeah. But then as you start to like do research on goofy movie names, there's some really funny stuff out there, man. Yeah. Um, we just talked about the naked gun from the files of police squad. Mm-hmm. How could you forget pap schmear? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I'm not going to, I have more, but I'm going to I'll put those two out there let you guys go. And then I've got some honorable mentions that should be mentioned. <laughs> Go for it, John. What were some of your names? Uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of mine are, well, a lot of mine could be from the Austin Powers movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do love, I do love a good uh, random task. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> I did anything, anything from, usually anything from Spaceballs. I'm pretty good with anything from Spaceballs. Yogurt, Pizza the Hut. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think yeah. if I if I had to narrow it down to something, I'm probably gonna go with um, Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna have to go with like random task just because I just well, no no no. Here's what I'm gonna go with. And oddly enough, it's not a joke name, but it had all of us losing our cool when we went to go see that one James Bond movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name in the credits, Pat? No, oh, I remember the name. Yeah, that was he was a stunt guy. He was a stunt guy with a stunt name. Yes, Tank Dong. Yes, it was outstanding. Yes, the the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. yeah. Yep. I um. Actually, that's going to be my choice. I'm going with that one, even though that's not. You know, his parents would be very counts. proud. Yes. I've got nothing to add to uh, much any of this. I really, you know, I don't have a standout one that always cracks me up. Like all the ones you're listing are funny to me. All the Bond, you know, the Bond girls, those names get silly. I mean, I, I really liked uh, growing up like Odd Job. Like, how do you get a name like Odd Job? Mm-hmm. You know, that was fun. Um, but Bo, you'll have to list your honorable mentions. I don't, and I've been looking through the lists and none of them really stand out. If I had to pick one, I kind of like them all. They're all fun. Whenever they get the name or the nicknames and you know, it kind of gets into one of those, like, you know, your nickname or call sign is kind of chosen for you based on something that you do or, you know, so it's kind of like all the quirky little names, you know, they have appeal. I, I really, I'm hard pressed to find one. And some of mine aren't even like, you know, biggest dickus. I was just about to say, I, I yeah. just, I just realized I didn't go with that one. So that I'm changing Which surprised my answer. Me. I thought you were going to go there. I'm changing my answer because I was, yes, I was very wrong in not choosing that. I, I can't I mean, believe I missed my very good friend in Rome. I have a very great friend in Rome called biggest dickus. <laughs> Silence. I have to be honest. I was like, well, John's going to say that one. So I'm going to not even go there. John should have said that one. John apologizes for letting everybody down. (laughs) Like, I mean, you could, depending on your sense of humor, like Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights. Mm -hmm. Come on. Um, 
then there's some that are just so goofy. Like when you think about, they're not even from comedy movies. This one's from a Christmas story. Scut Farkas. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't even think about it as the movie's going, but if you see it written down, you're like, what the hell? He had yellow eyes. God help me. Yellow <laughs> eyes. And yeah, you could go down the, the, the bond, the Bond girl route and you could spend all day. I mean, there's just, it just keeps going. Zinnia on a top. I mean, yes. Right. <laughs> there's just, and you gotta, you gotta feel for the writers and they got to come up with a name for all these characters. And sometimes they're just going to go sure. for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> this is on a list I've been scrolling through. It's from a movie I don't even recognize called The Master of Disguise. Oh. Pistachio Discuzzi. <laughs> Come on. There you go. <laughs> Funny stuff. You know. Scut Farkas, though, that might be like. Somebody knew a Scott Farkas when they were writing that, right? Uh-huh. Like they knew they that's yeah. somebody's yep. childhood yeah. friend. <laughs> or childhood oh, yeah. bully. Right, indeed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Most assuredly so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you have any answers to any of these questions, who's your favorite parody cop character? What are your favorite Girl Scout cookies? As we've said, there may only be two or three acceptable answers. Uh, and what's your favorite joke name from a parody movie, a, a punny name, if you have one? Uh, feel free to send those in. You can send those in to us uh, either by leaving us a voicemail at 30podcast.com. You can tweet at us. You can mastodon at us. I, and, um, I don't know the verbs for some of these newer social medias ones. So, um, Tooting, I believe, is the mastodon. That just feels awkward to me. It, it, well, it's even more awkward is the one for Blue Sky. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Do I even want to I ask? mean, like, I don't even know if I want to say it on a family friendly podcast. Probably not. Yeah. I'll yeah. say it after pod and okay. you can decide. All right. <laughs> I, frankly, I, with the Mastodon one, I don't want, I don't want to invite anybody to toot at me. <laughs> this is I'm my point. Saying, I, I feel, I'm just saying, uh, you, you start saying I got to toot at people. I feel like I'm back in college. Right. I feel like yeah. I'm in that scene in Blazing Saddles. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's the campfire scene. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, anyway, however you want to send us messages, maybe just not that way, but however you want to send us messages, uh, you can let us know your answers to those questions and more uh, when you contact us here at the 30-something movie podcast. This month is our action month, so we have got action movies galore this month. Our Patreon episode, as I said earlier, was American Graffiti. We also did a short for Local Hero and another short for the David Bowie vampire movie, The Hunger, um, which when I first started watching that, have you guys seen that one before? I have not. Okay. So I first started watching it, and I, unfortunately, when I was getting just the beginning credits, I didn't even get that far. I was in the beginning credits, and I saw who else was in the movie, and it derailed me for the first five or ten minutes because I had another line running through my head. Uh, It was showing in the credits who's in this movie, and it's like, David Bowie, Susan Sarandon. I'll let you guess what started running through my head when I see the next name in the credits. Catherine Deneuve. 
<laughs> and Charo That's, twice. Thank you. I was I was waiting for the credits oh to actually gosh. list Charo twice. That would have been outstanding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ursula Andrews. Catherine Deneuve. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Charo. Yes. Twice. twice. Uh, and I was so disappointed when she didn't show up, but you know. Um, so yes, so, uh, the hunger that was, it was a bit of a weird one, but we got a Patreon short on that one this month and actually it was kind of a fun movie, but, uh, it, it has, uh, oddly enough. So the, here's what would be interesting about it. If you want to go watch it, if you're, if you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it is the first, I believe it is the first major movie that was directed by Tony Scott. And the next movie that he did after the hunger was Top Gun. Mm. So if you want to see a movie that's very different from Top Gun, but it's the movie he did right before Top Gun, uh, then go watch The Hunger. Interesting. Uh, For the rest of this month on our regular feed, we've got In the Line of Fire, Demolition Man, we did last week, Loaded Weapon, obviously it was this week, Striking Distance is next week, and The Three Musketeers is the last week of the month. And then in June, we've got our From Page to Screen, all of our regular episodes are ones that were plays or books or some other form and were turned into movies. So our regular feed, we've got Much Ado About Nothing, The Pelican Brief, Shortcuts, and The Firm and then in our Patreons for that one, we've got Disney's Robin Hood is the main Patreon episode. And then we've got two shorts. Uh, one is going to be a random 80s movie, which I have yet to select, but I will do that pretty soon. And then The Flash, the 2023 Flash movie, which I am super excited. Every time I see a new trailer for that one, uh, just to see Michael Keaton back as Batman again and what they're going to do with that one, it looks insane and it looks fun. So I am definitely looking forward to that one. All kinds of good stuff coming up soon. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, gents, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you, as always, for being here with me. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right. Oh, and I just thought of it. I just thought of it. Movie names. Yeah. The Three Amigos. Lucky Day, Ned Needleender, ah. and um, Dusty Bottoms. There you Perfect. go. Yes. Those are also I, I, You know what? Yes. One of the things you said jogged my memory. There I yes. go. I got an answer. No yes. rejection of questions tonight. No, absolutely not. And the infamous El Guapo. The infamous El Wapo. The the infamous? Infamous? Wow. Infamous. Yeah. All right. Everybody, we're going to go take some unmotivated butt-in-the-moon beam walks right now, and uh, we'll see you later. (laughs) But uh, in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.